Welcome back, Creation Grounds. If you've been with me this long, if you've been rocking with me this long, I appreciate you. And if you're just joining for this episode, welcome. This episode marks part three. Part three of a three-part series. First time I've done this. The first episode was Sarah Salzberg. The second was Brian LaTondre. And for this episode, if you don't know already, I'm happy and excited to introduce you to Shanna Sharp. Shanna Sharp hails from Alabama. Came up here. I'll let her explain the story, but it's a it's a perfect, perfect uh, example of preparation meeting opportunity came up here for singing was ended up working five jobs five jobs y'all five she's a hustler she's a hustler and she basically accrued this debt credit card debt and then used real estate to get out of that debt she's now debt free she owns a business and in this episode she's going to talk to you about how her interest in the art started the moments leading up to her move to NYC, what her first six months in NYC was like. Some of you might be new to NYC and want some inspiration, she'll help you there. The top three highlights of her artistic career, why some artists have an aversion to real estate, an advantage that some artists in real estate would have over a traditional real estate agent, how Bohemia can help artists get started in real estate, the formation of her mess of, of her of her business mess hall. Um, and basically skills in real estate that can help amplify your artistic career. If you just solely want to be an artist, there's value for you there as well. So she's also going to talk about the day she made her last credit card payment. It feels great. Some of you might be in debt and she can help you there as well. Enjoy this episode with Shanna Sharp. I'm excited to get the show started. I'm excited to welcome our next guest, Shanna Sharp. She's at Bohemia Realty Group with me as well. She's killing it. She's a business owner and she's also a singer, songwriter, and a talented artist. So what's up, Shanna? Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll start with, if you had to create a soundtrack for your childhood, what would the defining instrument sound be? Such a cool question. Um... For me, I guess it would be guitars, but more specifically, it would be like southern rock band sounds, like a la Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers? Is yeah. That, is that like kind of acoustic or electric guitar? Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, you know, southern rock, so there's definitely like acoustic elements and electric, so I guess defining particular instrument would be acoustic guitar. Okay. And how, how did your interest in the arts start originally? Um, you know, I can't remember a time when I wasn't like dancing or singing. Like it was, it was how I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like, you know, where some kids, I guess, are playing house. I was like in the yard doing dance routines, thinking like someone was going to drive by and discover me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and did that lead you up to NYC? Tell me about the moments leading up to the move to go to NYC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I actually kind of had hit a point. So I was in performing arts school since a very young age. So had like multiple focuses within that school and was like very dedicated, always was going from school to rehearsal to rehearsal to practice to, you know, show back to school. So when I got to my senior year, to be honest, I got kind of burnt out and, um, I just wanted to kind of be a normal I mean, not kid, I was 18, but you you know what I mean? Like, just kind of like a normal young adult and just, like, go to college. So I went to a state college at the time. I went to Auburn University, Mm -hmm. which was great. I had a great time. Um, And then, you know, like, two years in, I kind of had this – I wasn't getting – I was doing a lot of things creatively, but I was feeling, like, a little, like, ooh, like, itchy. Like, I'm supposed to be doing more. I'm supposed to be working harder. Like, 
what am I kind of what am I doing moment? And it just happened that I had gotten a call around that time from a talent scout from Epic Records. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a big and one. It was, it, it was really out of the blue. It was very like kind of kismet to be coming at that time. Um, they had gotten a hold of one of my albums that I had put out um, as a high school student. Wow. And um, I guess someone had they had you know gone to my performing arts high school, gotten the CD, someone had given them the CD, and then they reached out and they found my contact. I'm not really sure how they found me, but they did good work. Um, and they were basically like, "Hey, you know, are you?" We'd love to meet with you. We'd love to talk more with you. And it, because I was having this, like, you know, crisis of life, I had already planned a trip to go visit my brothers in New York City who were living there at the time. And so they literally called me uh, the week before I was already scheduled to go to New York. So I was like, hey, listen, I'm actually heading to New York next week. I can come and meet with you. Wow. So, you know, that's that's kind of like what initially led the path to moving to New York that's awesome that's like it was meant to be a lot of things just lined up for you yeah very like alchemist i don't know if you've ever read that book where it's like life kind of drops the you know the the signs of the path you're you're supposed to go on i love it what was um so i'm assuming you start off with epic did you immediately move to nyc what was the first six months when you actually moved here what what was that like was it like hitting the ground running or kind of had to build Uh, up some traction yeah so Basically, so that that particular trip, and, and I'll get into the first six months, but the particular trip was I literally landed. Mm-hmm. I went directly to Epic Records offices, um, met with them. Um, you know, and at this point, I was a, a you know a very a very confident and green you know eighteen year old. Uh, you know, I'm an artist and I know best, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember at the time they were discussing, um, they were talking to me about you know, cause this was 99. So they were talking to me about, you know, do you think you could be kind of like all a Britney Spears slash Spice girl? And, you know, me being, you know, so true to my art, I was like, no, I'm, I'm more Lilith fair. That's not who I am <laughs> as an artist. How dare you? You know, which, you know, maybe not the smartest move in the world, but, um, you know, it was just very kind of like, well, that's not really who I am as an artist. This is what I am. If this is, you know, what you'd like, you know, I'm not really sure why you called me if that's what you're looking for. Wow. Um, now, on that same trip, I had set up an audition to uh, for Circle in the Square, which is a, a theater conservatory up here. Mm-hmm. And um, so went to that audition, you know, went back to Alabama, ended up getting into the program. So that was when I made the decision. So when I moved to New York, I literally moved to New York with like $200 in my pocket. Um, I I made a deal with my parents. They were like, listen, because they, you know, very kindly were paying for Auburn University for me to go to school. So they basically said, we'll pay the same amount of money, but not a penny more. So it basically covered my school, but you know, it almost covered my school, but nothing else. So I came to New York the first six months was I was in school at Circle in the Square and I was working five jobs. Five jobs? Five jobs. Damn. I basically went from like 9 a.m. to like 3 a.m. every day. Wow. Like it was a thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, I that... remember like I would call back home uh, and I would just be crying like, you know, on a lunch break in between shifts and I... Like on the weekend, I'd be calling my mom. I was like, I don't think I can do it. I'm so tired all the time. And she would always say, like, well, you know, you can come back to New York. And like, you know, it's like my gut was just like, no, there's no way. I'm sticking it out. I can do this, you know. Yeah. So 
I knew, you know, it was the hardest, that first year was the hardest, which I think it is for most people when they moved to New York, but it was, it was definitely defining that I knew this was where I wanted to be because I was willing to do all that work to be here, you know? And also, I think that's pretty dope. I just want to acknowledge you for being at Epic Records and them saying, hey, we want you to do this and you saying no. I, I'm, oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm this. That's awesome. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah, I think as artists, I think we have moments like that. And then there's definitely we have moments where we're like, I'm just kidding. I'll be <laughs> yeah. I don't just care. please, please. I want her paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> you know? That'd be nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I, you know, I'm, I'm glad the path that I went on. And I'm glad that, you know, because I think even if you, when you aren't true to who you are as an artist, I, I don't think the path continues. You yeah. know what I mean? Agreed. And signing with a record label doesn't necessarily mean you make it or you're good yeah you know that like your life is set yeah yeah what would you say that the top three highlights of your artistic career so far would be oh wow um you know it's so funny i was just talking with my my husband about this last night about because you know i think when we think about like our top our top moments uh, you know it's very easy to say okay well what was the most success right like what was the highest point of success but I think for me, the top moments are really where I felt just utterly fulfilled from my art. And, and, and one that comes to mind is um, I had this sh- uh, a gig. It was uh, a gig with this production company called Atlantis Events and uh, was just doing like, you know, like a one hour cabaret show. But it was just one of those shows where from stepping on the stage to finish, like, you know the audience is like drinking your bath water. Yeah. Like it's just all the things align, like all your jokes land, all your notes hit perfectly, you know, and and the audience is just there with you and they're going on the journey with you and you're getting to be free in the moment as a performer and really just, you know, improv in the moment and, and everybody's just with you. Like that was certainly, I will never forget that one particular show. And it's, and it's a show I did many times in front of many different audiences. It was just this particular night was just amazing. Um, uh, a second uh, would be ooh, um, getting to perform. So I, I've got to perform on a, not been in a Broadway production, but I performed on a Broadway stage for like a one night concert. And there's just something truly magical about being on the stage of a broad, you know, a, a sold out house in a Broadway house and getting to sing for people in that that capacity it's pretty pretty amazing you know it's just a it's a really cool feeling to uh you know to be on that stage and get to experience that um i'm trying to think of one that wasn't just like solely about being on stage um i do think writing and oh i know um when i get people and this is maybe not one particular thing but it's one thing that is just really i think really cool as an artist and a highlight of being an artist especially a singer and a songwriter is when people message me like um pictures of them listening to my music on like on their uh you know what is it uh, not radio iTunes. what's the digital thing you know what i'm talking about spotify, spotify. iTunes. thank you yeah, yeah. spotify or their itunes and um and, you know, people telling me, like, oh, your album was the soundtrack to this relationship that I had, or your album was the soundtrack to when I moved to New York. Um, it's just so cool, because I think we all have albums that 
uh, kind of shape our life and we associate so specifically with the time in our life and that my music got to be that for someone else like that's huge for me i love it that's pretty cool yeah so what you eventually kind of pivoted into um real estate i don't really exactly know your story of how you yeah. how you started but why do you think that some artists have an aversion to real estate oh well i mean i think as an artist you know i can't speak for everyone but you know, I grew up in, you know, going to performing arts schools since I was about 10. And I think what was, you know, a, a constant thing that was beat into us was like, you know, if you have a backup job, then you're just preparing yourself for the backup job. You know, like if you do anything else but art, then you're not an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it, it was like some kind of dirty word to have like a secondary career that wasn't artistic in nature, you know, mm-hmm. which which is always so funny because then it's like, you know, okay, well, what were artists then doing to pay the bills? They're like waiting tables and like bartending. And it's just so funny that it's like, why is that acceptable? But yeah. like anything else is considered you giving up on your art, you know? Yeah, I definitely did the uh, the waiting tables things for a while and and uh, I right. wasn't any fun. Yeah, no. Who, who wants, it's literally like being a servant. I mean, exactly. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What, what advantages do you think that artists and real estate have over a, a traditional real estate agent? Um, as to like their skill as a real estate agent? Or, or uh, yeah, skill as a real estate agent or just with people or anything? Yeah. Well, I, you know, as artists, um, you know, I can speak to, you know, performing artists especially. Um, you know, we are reading an audience, right? So we're, you're you're listening and taking in your surroundings around you and you're reacting accordingly. And I think a strong agent, you know, one of the strongest things you can do is really just listen to what your clients are needing and then react accordingly. Um, Also as artists, you know, we get told no a lot. You're going to be told no more times than you're told yes, because if we were all told yes, majority of the time, we'd all be a no, right? So, and even I think Adele probably was told no more times than she was told yes. She just got a really big yes, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think in real estate, it's the same thing applies. You're going to work with more clients than you're ever going to close deals on. Right. So it's that ability to pick ourselves up without having reached the perceived finish line and keep going towards it. And for Bohemia particularly, uh, it's very artist-friendly. How can Bohemia help artists get started in real estate? Well, I think, um, you know, is Bohemia specifically, I think being a firm of, I think we're like over 70% artists, um, you know, one, just having a real estate firm that understands that you do have a dual purpose in mind, that, you know, you are working towards two things and then having a company that's going to give you tips and ways on how to integrate those two careers that help both sides of it. And you, you have your own business mess hall, which I've been to in Harlem. What, what led to the formation and opening of mess hall? Yeah. So mess hall, you know, I, before I was a real estate agent, uh, you know, I was, um, bartending in between gigs and, um, I started in real estate and a couple of my colleagues at the time, they had opened a bunch of coffee shops and they wanted to venture into opening up a bar. 
So neither of them had, you know, worked in bars or restaurants, um, had certainly frequented plenty, but, you know, had never, you know, been on the other side of the house. And I had been everything to like, you know, a hostess busser to like a manager. So I had kind of done the full gamut of different jobs in the service industry. So they came to me and they were like, Hey, Shanna, you know, you're, you're doing pretty well in real estate. We imagine you might have a chunk of change. Do you want to open a bar with us? So at the, you know, people always say, it's funny. They're like, Oh, was it your dream to open a bar and, and not to be flippant, but it just wasn't, it wasn't necessarily on my checklist of things to do. I always thought it would be cool, but it really was an opportunity presented itself. And I just happened to be ready for that opportunity when it came. That's awesome. So Kismet yeah. again, it, it, it's, it's all working out for you, Shanna. I need to hang out with you more. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think the, the thing that, you know, cause I don't think things are all luck. I think there is luck in something and Kismet in it, yeah. but there's also the preparation you do to be ready for that when it comes. Agreed. And then the willingness you have and the bravery you have to act on an opportunity. Yeah. You know, what skills do you think that, uh, uh, you gain in real estate that can actually amplify an artistic career? Oh, great question. So for me, and I know for a lot of fellow agents, you know, um, it is very hard in your artistic career to not feel personally assaulted when you get a no. Right? Right. <laughs> it feels very much like you as a soul, as a human, yep. you know, because, because our art is so in the depth of us, you mm-hmm. know? So for that to be rejected or to be told no feels so personal. And with real estate, what really helped me was suddenly the product I was selling was indeed a product outside of myself. Right. And mm-hmm. I think artists have a very hard time with the business side of art because it, it is a business and it is a product you are selling. And that product just happens to be your talent. Right. Um, and it's hard to, you know, not feel gross and think of yourself as a product. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with real estate it, being outside of myself and then me understanding that, okay, I'm, I'm receiving rejection. Why is this? Why is this not hurting me as much in my real estate business as it hurts me in my artistic career? And then, you know, and I realized it's like, oh, because I'm I'm not looking at myself as a product. I'm looking at myself as a person and a soul and I'm feeling rejected. So when I could approach, um, you know, the, I think the, the creation of art has to come from the soul and that is your person that is inside you. But the promotion of art is not your soul, right? right? So the promotion of art is understanding your product and using your analytical brain and your editing brain, right? Mm-hmm. To really break down how that fits into the wants and needs of the people that you're soliciting to. That's beautiful. So there's there's some people who, I definitely believe this as well, prior to getting to real estate, there's some people who believe that you can't do real estate and pursue artistic career full time. And you kind of touched on this already a little bit, but how yeah. accurate is that and why or why not? I mean, here's what I will say where it is. There's ways in which it's, I won't say it's true, but there are ways in which I can certainly see where someone feels this way. Because like with anything, it's, if you're doing two things at once, it's not that you just have to do more, right? So let's say to fully do your artistic career, you've got to give it 40 hours, right? Mm -hmm. You got to dedicate time to that craft. Well, likewise, when you run a business, you have a business. Real estate is a business that someone runs, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, 
likewise takes time. It takes 40 hours a week or plus, or, you know, what, what you're, you get what you put into it. So where it is, I will say it is difficult for sure, because you are juggling two careers that equally need a full focus from you. So it takes a, a unique, uh, you know, a unique person to be able to juggle and also to, um, you know, to have the energy, to have the drive to keep going when you're tired, you know, like to, um, and understand when a break needs to happen to not be all consumed and broken down from it, Mm -hmm. but, um, to make sure that you're taking the next best step for both businesses at all times. And I know that you are financially free from student loans and Sally Mae and Nelnet and all these people. (laughs) So tell me about that day. Where you made your last student loan payment. Everybody wants to hear this. This is this is beautiful. For me, I'm I'm the you know beautiful dummy that uh, (laughs) that got herself into some credit card debt. So like I mentioned before, my parents were kind enough to you know help me to a certain degree with my school. So I was lucky enough not to have student loan debt. Um, But I kind of created my own debt with uh, with credit cards. You know, and a lot of that came from, you know, I moved to the city with $200 in my pocket, you know, and it's an expensive place. And, you know, producing your own albums is expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, living is expensive. Um, So, you know, real estate was what allowed me to get out from under that debt. And I do remember the last payment I made to my credit card to like pay it off in full was a $4,000 payment. And wow. I remember I was like, I don't know, like, can I afford, uh, and I was like, just do it, just do it. Just eat peanut butter and jelly for the rest of the time. <laughs> do it. You know, or maybe for the next couple of months, just, you know, and, and I remember it was like this huge weight. Like as soon as I hit send on the payment, like I just felt so free. And then I would say there was a mourning period where I was so mad at myself <laughs> because I was really owning up to what I had done. I yeah. was owning up to my own irresponsibility, you know? And, you know, it was like, man, you could have had, you know, 30 grand in the bank right now. What's the matter with you? You know, but luckily I forgave myself over time. <laughs> and that's good. And yeah, you, you but ha- no, it was, it was a huge weight lifted. I mean, I'm sure if anyone knows that's in any kind of debt whether it be from student loans or credit cards or you know medical expenses it is something that weighs on you in a way that you don't even realize and it's all the time every day and how you said you had 30k total in credit card debt that you paid off yes wow sure did wow wow yeah um and i paid it off aggressive i mean i paid it off i got it paid off in one year which was um and i wouldn't have been able to do that if i hadn't gotten into real estate that's beautiful yeah. What are you currently aiming for in your artistic career and also in your real estate business? What am I currently in? What are you currently aiming for? Oh, aiming for. Sorry. Um, what am I currently aiming for? So with music, um, I'm definitely working on some individual shows, both for my own music and then for uh, as like a cabaret standpoint. Um, but I think what I'm aiming for is really uh, licensing of music. I, uh, you know, publishing, licensing, um, getting placements in, you know, television shows, movies, uh, commercials, things like that. That's a, a passion and a drive for me right now. Um, and in real estate, you know, I mean, you know, because we work together, mm-hmm. um, my role has definitely changed over the years in real estate. 
And um, I'm more, I mean, I still do, I do personal deals, but, you know, my official title is, you know, the head of agent development at, at Bohemia. And um, so my passion and my drive is really to just create the best experience I can for the agents coming in and try to make, even though my experience was great, I want to make it even better. So it's always looking at how can I improve the company? How can I help more people who are in similar situations to me change the trajectory of their life? And and how quickly and efficiently can I do that for them? So there's there's some there's some people out here that might be listening to this. They're not in real estate yet. They're an actor, mm-hmm. maybe just graduating BFA, MFA, whatever it is, BA. Uh, yeah. What are three things that an artist needs to know if they're interested in real estate, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're talking kind of about the good, right? And mm-hmm. that you can you can make a lot of money. You can really change your life financially in a very short period of time that other careers, you know, I mean, sure, in our artistic career, like, you know, if we hit the lottery and we get that big, fancy television kick, then sure, that could happen. But, um, and, and, and will for a lot of us, but, you know, it's, we all know you get the Broadway show and then the Broadway show closes and right. you're right back to waiting tables, right. you know? Um, but, you know, the good the good is definitely the money. The money that you can make is great. Um, the bad. So, okay, for someone just out of school getting into real estate, I think what can be tricky and maybe they don't understand is that it is starting a business. So, you know, those first, that first year in real estate, I definitely drove a lot harder on my mind space and my time in real estate than I did artistically that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in starting anything, your focus is going to kind of pull there and kind of has to pull there. Now, does that mean I didn't do gigs in that year? Did it mean I didn't audition in that year? Absolutely not. I totally did. I went away. I did gigs. I came back. But my, you know, if I was to rank my focus, my focus numero one was I got to get out of this debt and I got to learn this business. I got to build up this business to sustain. Um, you know, and then how that kind of settles out is, you know, a year into it, once you kind of like, you know, understand a little bit more how your business works, how the market works, you can then refocus and to really have a dual focus on both careers and you can learn that juggle. Yeah. So uh, yeah. a great way that somebody kind of put it to me once is you have your spinning plates and it takes some effort mm-hmm. to spin the first plate. And then once you have it spinning, it's, it's kind of easy. So that's been helping yes. me. Exactly. You're like juggling, you know, like you juggle one ball and you're like, cool, I got this. And then mm-hmm. they give you two balls. You're like, okay, okay, I got that. And then you add the third in, you know, it's like, exactly. But you have to kind of spend some time focusing on that one thing to to get it good, to spin the plate. Like you said, that's that's exactly right. And uh, strictly for artists who are, are not going to get into real estate, but they're inspired by your artistic career. Maybe they heard your album. Yeah. What, what piece of advice would you have for them on getting to the next stage of their career? Well, I think it's that, you know, you have to take action. I think um, sometimes we get lost in our own head. Um, and, and our head can be a very dangerous place as an artist, right? Or, you know, even as a human being, I think there's a lot of negative chatter that can seep in. And we create a crystal ball sometimes of the future that is based in no reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can sometimes halt us from taking the next step. And meaning like, 
you know, oh, I, I want to I wanna submit my music for this movie. Oh, it's not going to be good enough. Oh, I'm not as good as them. Well, well who am I? Who do I think I am, right? Like, um, I think as artists, we all seek approval, and I think that probably comes from some, like, you know, stemming uh, self-worth issue that we all have. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's very easy to get lost in your mind and your mindset, and, and I think the only way out of that spiral is to just take action so being able to again be brave and take the next best step and then and then you can spend time analyzing the results of it did it work did it not work why do I think it worked or didn't work you know talk to people who have um done it who are there I've you know I've, I've had a lot of these now that I'm really focusing on licensing my first step was who do I know that's had, you know, had real great success with licensing and publishing their music? And then I just reached out to them and was like, hey, would you, uh, can I buy you a drink? You know, can I buy you a coffee? Would you be willing to chat with me sometime? And, you know, look, nine times out of ten, people find the time and they're welcome to, ch- you know, happy to chat with you. And so just hearing other people's stories about how they did can inspire me on what my next step should be. Cause I'm sure if people are listening to this, they're probably like, well, that's all well and good. Take the next step. But what if you don't know if the, what the next step is? So mm-hmm. Sometimes the action is just figure out what the next step is you know, that you could take. Do it and figure it out later. Yep. Hear that. Yeah. And, and you know, if someone's had success at it, learn what they did and see if you can do the same thing or something similar. And I ask all my guests this question. Okay. Uh, when when you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why? Oh, that's a really good question. A specific person, creative. Um, I'm sorry to go blank on you, Aaron. It's it's all good. Take your time. It's a it's a deep it's a million dollar question right here. Yeah, yeah, creative and why? You know, honestly, I don't think a particular person comes to mind for me it's just like almost a lifestyle um a way of being uh, not to sound too basic with that but um when I think of the word creative I just think of someone who's open someone who is taking in the world around them and feeling brave and free enough to express themselves within that world awesome and how can people connect with you? You got a, a social media website. Yeah. Where can they listen to your music? Yeah, you can um, basically by searching Shanna Sharp Music, uh, just one word. That'll take you to any you know social media handles, uh, YouTube channels. You can check out videos. And then if you're on like Spotify or iTunes or any of like streaming services, um, Amazon, you can just search Shanna Sharp. Awesome. Shanna, you're the best. Thank you for oh, coming thanks, on. Oh, thanks, Sarah. You're the best.